0: Section 25 of The Natural History, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Cynthia Moyer. The Natural History, Volume 3, by Pliny the Elder translated by john bostock and henry thomas riley section 25 chapter 19 29 varieties of the fig of all the remaining fruits that are included under the name of poems the fig is the largest some indeed equal the pear even in size we have already mentioned while treating of the exotic fruits the miraculous productions of egypt and cyprus in the way of figs the fig of mount ida is red and the size of an olive rounder however and like a medlar in flavor they give it the name of alexandrian in those parts the stem is a cubit in thickness it is branchy has a tough pliant wood is entirely destitute of all milky juice and has a green bark and leaves like those of the linden tree but soft to the touch Oniscritus states that in hyrcania the figs are much sweeter than with us and that the trees are more prolific seeing that a single tree will bear as much as 270 modii of fruit. The fig has been introduced into Italy from other countries, Chalcis and Chios, for instance, the varieties being very numerous. There are those from Lydia also, which are of a purple color, and the kind known as the Mamillana, which is very similar to the Lydian the calostruthii are very little superior to the last in flavor. They are the coldest by nature of all the figs. As to the African fig, by many people preferred to any other, it has been made the subject of very considerable discussion, as it is a kind that has been introduced very recently into Africa, though it bears the name of that country as to the fig of alexandria it is a black variety with the cleft inclining to white it has had the name given to it of the delicate fig the rhodian fig too and the tiburtine one of the early kinds are black some of them again bear the name of the persons Who were the first to introduce them, such, for instance, as the Livian and the Pompeian figs. This last variety is the best for drying in the sun and keeping for use from year to year. The same is the case, too, with the marisca, and the kind which has a leaf spotted all over like the reed. There is also the Herculanean fig the albicerata, and the white aratia, a very large variety with an extremely diminutive stalk. The earliest of them all is the porphyritis, which has a stalk of remarkable length. It is closely followed by the popularis, one of the very smallest of the figs, and so called from the low esteem in which it is held. On the other hand, the Caledonia is a kind that ripens the last of all and towards the beginning of winter. In addition to these, there are figs that are at the same time both late and early, as they bear two crops in the year, one white and the other black, ripening at harvest time and vintage respectively. There is another late fig also, that has received its name from the singular hardness of its skin. One of the Chalcidian varieties bears as many as three times in the year. It is at Tarentum only that the remarkably sweet fig is grown which is known by the name of Ona. Speaking of figs, Cato has the following remarks. Plant the fig called the marisca on a chalky or open site. But for the African variety, the Herculanean, the Saguntine, the winter fig, and the black telanian, with a long stalk, you must select a richer soil, or else a ground well manured. Since his day there have so many names and kinds come up. Even on taking this subject into consideration, it must be apparent to every one how great are the changes which have taken place in civilized life. There are winter figs, too, in some of the provinces, the Mesian, for instance. But they are made so by artificial means, such not being in reality their nature being a small variety of the fig tree they cover it up with manure at the end of autumn by which means the fruit on it is overtaken by winter while still in a green state then when the weather becomes milder the fruit is uncovered along with the tree and so restored to light just as though it had come into birth afresh the fruit imbibes the heat of the new sun with the greatest avidity, a different sun, in fact, to that which originally gave it life, and so ripens along with the blossom of the coming crop, thus attaining maturity in a year not its own, and this in a country, too, where the greatest cold prevails. Chapter 20 historical anecdotes connected with the fig the mention by cato of the variety which bears the name of the african fig strongly recalls to my mind a remarkable fact connected with it and the country from which it takes its name burning with a mortal hatred to carthage anxious too for the safety of his posterity and exclaiming at every sitting of the senate that carthage must be destroyed cato one day brought with him into the senate house a ripe fig the produce of that country exhibiting it to the assembled senators i ask you said he when do you suppose this fruit was plucked from the tree all being of opinion that it had been but lately gathered know then was his reply that this fig was plucked at carthage but the day before yesterday so near is the enemy to our walls it was immediately after this occurrence that the third punic war commenced in which carthage was destroyed though cato had breathed his last the year after this event In this trait which are we the most to admire was it ingenuity and foresight on his part or was it an accident that was thus aptly turned to advantage which too is the most surprising the extraordinary quickness of the passage which must have been made or the bold daring of the man the thing however That is the most astonishing of all indeed I can conceive nothing more truly marvelous is the fact that a city thus mighty the rival of Rome for the sovereignty of the world during a period of 120 years owed its fall at last to an illustration drawn from a single fig Thus did this fig effect that which neither Trebia nor Thrasimenus, not Cannae itself, graced with the entombment of the Roman renown, not the Punic camp entrenched within three miles of the city, not even the disgrace of seeing Hannibal riding up to the Colline gate, could suggest the means of accomplishing it was left for a fig in the hand of cato to show how near was carthage to the gates of rome in the forum even and in the very midst of the comitium of rome a fig tree is carefully cultivated in memory of the consecration which took place on the occasion of a thunderbolt which once fell on that spot and still more As a memorial of the fig tree which in former days overshadowed romulus and remus the founders of our empire in the lupercal cave this tree received the name of ruminalis from the circumstance that under it the wolf was found giving the breast rumus it was called in those days to the two infants A group in bronze was afterwards erected to consecrate the remembrance of this miraculous event as through the agency of atus nauius the augur the tree itself had passed spontaneously from its original locality to the comitium in the forum and not without some direful presage is it that that tree has withered away though thanks to the care of the priesthood it has been since replaced there was another fig tree also before the temple of saturn which was removed on the occasion of a sacrifice made by the vestal virgins it being found that its roots were gradually undermining the statue of the god silvanus another one accidentally planted there flourished in the middle of the forum upon the very spot too in which when from a direful presage it had been foreboded that the growing empire was about to sink to its very foundations Curtius, at the price of an inestimable treasure in other words by the sacrifice of such unbounded virtue and piety redeemed his country by a glorious death by a like accident too a vine and an olive tree have sprung up in the same spot which have ever since been carefully tended by the populace for the agreeable shade which they afford the altar that once stood there was afterwards removed by order of the deified julius caesar upon the occasion of the last spectacle of gladiatorial combats which he gave in the forum chapter twenty one caprification the fig the only one among all the poems hastens to maturity by the aid of a remarkable provision of nature the wild fig known by the name of caprificus never ripens itself though it is able to impart to the others the principle of which it is thus destitute for we occasionally find nature making a transfer of what are primary causes and being generated from decay to effect this purpose the wild fig tree produces a kind of gnat these insects Deprived of all sustenance from their parent tree, at the moment that it is hastening to rottenness and decay, wing their flight to others of kindred, though cultivated, kind. There, feeding with avidity upon the fig, they penetrate it in numerous places, and by thus making their way to the inside, open the pores of the fruit. THE MOMENT THEY EFFECT THEIR ENTRANCE, THE HEAT OF THE SUN FINDS ADMISSION, TOO, AND THROUGH THE INLETS THUS MADE, THE FECUNDATING AIR IS INTRODUCED. THESE INSECTS SPEEDILY CONSUME THE MILKY JUICE THAT CONSTITUTES THE CHIEF SUPPORT OF THE FRUIT IN ITS INFANT STATE, A RESULT WHICH WOULD OTHERWISE BE SPONTANEOUSLY EFFECTED BY ABSORPTION. And hence it is that in the plantations of figs, a wild fig is usually allowed to grow, being placed to the windward of the other trees, in order that the breezes may bear from it upon them. Improving upon this discovery, branches of the wild fig are sometimes brought from a distance, and bundles tied together are placed upon the cultivated tree. This method, however, is not necessary when the trees are growing on a thin soil or on a site exposed to the northeast wind, for in these cases the figs will dry spontaneously, and the clefts which are made in the fruit effect the same ripening process which in other instances is brought about by the agency of these insects. Nor is it requisite to adopt this plan on spots which are liable to dust such for instance as is generally the case with fig trees planted by the side of much frequented roads the dust having the property of drying up the juices of the fig and so absorbing the milky humors there is this superiority however In an advantageous sight over the methods of ripening by the agency of dust or by caprification that the fruit is not so apt to fall for the secretion of the juices being thus prevented the fig is not so heavy as it would otherwise be and the branches are less brittle all figs are soft to the touch and when ripe contain grains in the interior the juice when the fruit is ripening has the taste of milk and when dead ripe that of honey if left on the tree they will grow old and when in that state they distill a liquid that flows in tears like gum those that are more highly esteemed are kept for drying and the most approved kinds are put away for keeping in baskets. The figs of the island of Ebusus are the best as well as the largest, and next to them are those of Marukinum. Where figs are in great abundance, as in Asia, for instance, huge jars are filled with them, and at Ruspina, a city of Africa, we find casks used for a similar purpose. HERE, IN A DRY STATE, THEY ARE EXTENSIVELY USED INSTEAD OF BREAD, AND INDEED AS A GENERAL ARTICLE OF PROVISION. CATO, WHEN LAYING DOWN CERTAIN DEFINITE REGULATIONS FOR THE SUPPORT OF LABORERS EMPLOYED IN AGRICULTURE, RECOMMENDS THAT THEIR SUPPLY OF FOOD SHOULD BE LESSENED JUST AT THE TIME WHEN THE FIG IS RIPENING it has been a plan adopted in more recent times to find a substitute for salt with cheese by eating fresh figs to this class of fruit belong as we have already mentioned the cotana and the carica together with the cavnea which was productive of so bad an omen to marcus crassus at the moment when he was embarking for his expedition against the parthians a dealer happening to be crying them just at that very moment lucius vitellius who was more recently appointed to the censorship introduced all these varieties from syria at his country seat at alba having acted as legatus in that province in the latter years of the reign of Tiberius Caesar. Chapter 22 Three Varieties of the Medlar The Medlar and the Sorb ought in propriety to be ranked under the head of the apple and the pear. Of the Medlar there are three varieties, the anthedon, the Cetania, and a third of inferior quality, which bears a stronger resemblance to the Anthedon, and is known as the Gallic kind. The Cetania is the largest fruit, and the palest in color. The woody seed in the inside of it is softer, too, than in the others, which are of smaller size than the Cetania, but superior to it In the fragrance of their smell and in being better keepers the tree itself is one of very ample dimensions the leaves turn red before they fall the roots are numerous and penetrate remarkably deep which renders it almost impossible to grub it up this tree did not exist in italy in cato's time CHAPTER Twenty FOUR VARIETIES OF THE SORB There are four varieties of the sorb, there being some that have all the roundness of the apple, while others are conical, like the pear, and a third sort are of an oval shape, like some of the apples. These last, however, are apt to be remarkably acid, The round kind is the best for fragrance and sweetness, the others having a vinous flavor. The finest, however, are those which have the stalk surrounded with tender leaves. A fourth kind is known by the name of Torminales. It is only employed, however, for remedial purposes. The tree is a good bearer, but does not resemble the other kinds. The leaf being nearly that of the plane tree. The fruit, too, is particularly small. Cato speaks of sorbs being preserved in boiled wine. Chapter 24 Nine Varieties of the Nut. The walnut, which would almost claim precedence of the sorb in size yields the palm to it in reference to the esteem in which they are respectively held and this although it is so favorite an accompaniment of the feskinin songs at nuptials this nut taken as a whole is very considerably smaller than the pine nut but the kernel is larger in proportion nature too has conferred upon it a peculiar honor in protecting it with a twofold covering, the first of which forms a hollowed cushion for it to rest upon, and the second is a woody shell. It is for this reason that this fruit has been looked upon as a symbol consecrated to marriage, its offspring being thus protected in such manifold ways an explanation which bears a much greater air of probability than that which would derive it from the rattling which it makes when it bounds from the floor the greek names that have been given to this fruit fully prove that it like many others has been originally introduced from persis the best kinds being known in that language by the names of persicum and basilicon these in fact being the names by which they were first known to us it is generally agreed too that one peculiar variety has derived its name of carrion from the headache which it is apt to produce by the pungency of its smell the green shell of the walnut is used for dyeing wool And the nuts, while still small and just developing themselves, are employed for giving a red hue to the hair, a discovery owing to the stains which they leave upon the hands. When old, the nut becomes more oleaginous. The only difference in the several varieties consists in the relative hardness or brittleness of the shell. It being thin or thick, full of compartments, or smooth and uniform. This is the only fruit that nature has enclosed in a covering formed of pieces soldered together, the shell, in fact, forming a couple of boats, while the kernel is divided into four separate compartments by the intervention of a ligneous membrane in all the other kinds the fruit and the shell respectively are of one solid piece as we find the case with the hazelnut and another variety of the nut formerly known as abelina from the name of the district in which it was first produced it was first introduced into asia and greece from pontus whence the name that is sometimes given to it, the pontic nut. This nut, too, is protected by a soft beard, but both the shell and the kernel are round and formed of a single piece. These nuts are sometimes roasted. In the middle of the kernel we find a German or navel. A third class of nuts is the almond, which has an outer covering similar to that of the walnut, but thinner, with a second coat in the shape of a shell. The kernel, however, is unlike that of the walnut, in respect of its broad, flat shape, its firmness, and the superior tastiness of its flavor. It is a matter of doubt whether this tree was in existence in Italy in the time of Cato. We find him speaking of Greek nuts, but there are some persons who think that these belong to the walnut class. He makes mention also of the hazelnut, the calva, and the praenestine nut, which last he praises beyond all others, and says that put in pots they may be kept fresh and green by burying them in the earth at the present day the almonds of thasos and those of alba are held in the highest esteem as also two kinds that are grown at tarentum one with a thin brittle shell and the other with a harder one these last are remarkably large and of an oblong shape there is the almond known as the mollusca also which breaks the shell of itself there are some who would concede a highly honorable interpretation to the name given to the walnut and say that juglans means the glands or acorn of jove it is only very lately that i heard a man of consular rank declare that he then had in his possession walnut trees that bore two crops in the year of the pistachio which belongs also to the nut class we have already spoken in its appropriate place Vitellius introduced this tree into italy at the same time as the others that we mentioned and flaccus pompeius a Roman of equestrian rank, who served with him, introduced it at the same period into Spain. Chapter 25. Eighteen Varieties of the Chestnut. We give the name of Nut, too, to the chestnut, although it would seem more properly to belong to the Acorn tribe. The chestnut has its armor of defense in a shell bristling with prickles like the hedgehog, an envelope which in the acorn is only partially developed. It is really surprising, however, that nature should have taken such pains thus to conceal an object of so little value. We sometimes find as many as three nuts beneath a single outer shell. The skin of the nut is limp and flexible. There is a membrane, too, which lies next to the body of the fruit, and which, both in this and in the walnut, spoils the flavor if not taken off. Chestnuts are the most pleasant eating when roasted. They are sometimes ground also, and are eaten by women when fasting for religious scruples as bearing some resemblance to bread it is from sardes that the chestnut was first introduced and hence it is that the greeks have given it the name of the sardian acorn for the name dios balanon was given at a later period after it had been considerably improved by cultivation at the present day there are numerous varieties of the chestnut those of tarentum are a light food and by no means difficult of digestion they are of a flat shape there is a rounder variety known as the balanitis it is very easily peeled and springs clean out of the shell so to say of its own accord The Salarian chestnut has a smooth outer shell, while that of Tarentum is not so easily handled. The Corellian is more highly esteemed, as is the Eteraean, which is an offshoot from it produced by a method upon which we shall have to enlarge when we come to speak of grafting. This last has a red skin which causes it to be preferred to the three-cornered chestnut and our black common sorts, which are known as coctiwai. Tarentum and Neopolis in Campania are the most esteemed localities for the chestnut. Other kinds, again, are grown to feed pigs upon, the skin of which is rough and folded inwards so as to penetrate to the heart of the kernel chapter 26 the carob the carob a fruit of remarkable sweetness does not appear to be so very dissimilar to the chestnut except that the skin is eaten as well as the inside it is just the length of a finger and about the thickness of the thumb, being sometimes of a curved shape, like a sickle. The acorn cannot be reckoned in the number of the fruits. We shall, therefore, speak of it along with the trees of that class. End of section twenty five.